0: You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 3800 Marlton Pike, Pensacon, New Jersey. For more information, visit us at CircleofHope.net. I hope by the end of this Lenten season, you feel the freedom of confession a few times. Without practice, it just feels terrible exposing yourself feels like an invitation for shame, not an invitation out of shame. That's why we're gathered here around this communion table uh, which which leads us to the cross. A place of death is transformed into a symbol of life, a place of execution, the crucifixion, a terrible way to die becomes, our place to experience God's everlasting love. We see God making things right on the cross, but we're not always positive if or how that's true. That could be a confession from the start. And the the great thing about the confession is, is that it allows us then to do something about it and not just be weighed down by it. We need to practice trusting and believing acting and seeing we need to get it into our bodies into our bones we can't just think our way into this mystery it helps to perform it it's like someone practicing a difficult piece of music um on the piano, telling themselves as they approach that especially technical little part where they have to do the little thing with their finger that they know they have to do, and they mess up every time. You know, they, they know it's coming, okay, it's coming, it's coming, because this part that I'm playing right now, I don't even have to think about it. I'm just thinking about that thing that's gonna come. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. coming. <gasps> I made it through. And then they start over again, because they have to get through it again. And then they start over again, because they have to get through it again. And then one day, after hours and hours of practice, they realized that they got through the piece of music without worrying about the thing. They got it into their fingers. They got it into their bones and it was just repetition. Confection confession is like that. It it feels like death sometimes. Oh, it's coming. I have to do it. It feels like a terrible way to die even like Jesus's death on the cross if only in a tiny way, feels like something has to die to, for us to let go. And I guess it is that way. And so we avoid it. We refuse to say it out loud, what we have done. And if we keep every mistake, every sin, every cooperation with darkness that separates us from God, if we keep each of those a secret, we never get to be mortified you know that old word i'm mortified i'm 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 deadified morte death i'm dead but that that deathification is a good thing because that thing that's about to come that's about to happen you get through it you get over it and on the other side of it there's actually freedom there's a release and you cannot know this by me telling you it You have to practice it. What needs to be mortified? What do we need to practice dying? We can start with the way things are, you know, Casey had us thinking there about just the way that things are in our lives or in the world that we just don't like. What strife are we encountering? And we're going to be asking that question each week during Lent. So I've kind of thought about it thematically. And so this week I'm thinking about how are we encountering this difficulty in our, in our own bodies? How does it feel to be alienated from God in our body? And how is God going to make things right in our bodies? What needs to die? What does God need to make right? So first off, we get sick. Haven't we solved this yet? our bodies are frail the coronavirus is the latest scary reminder that the microbiomes of our bodies are not perfectly defended and it's amazing how how well our bodies work and almost the fact that they work as good as they do leaves us feeling and maybe entitled sometimes about when they don't what the heck and sometimes they they don't work in spectacular and terrible and sorrowful ways, when a young person gets sick, or when a baby is born without the genes all in the right place. I can imagine that with some conditions, um, it makes it might make it hard to not consider our body as our own enemy. God needs to make this right. Also, we don't trust our bodies. I'm just describing our relationship with our bodies. We don't trust our bodies. Uh, We've elevated our intellectual capacity so high that many of us have forgotten that there are other ways of knowing. That trusting our gut is not just an expression. That our intuition is a valuable input in decision-making. Men are notorious for ignoring the symptoms of preventable diseases for far too long to the endangerment of their lives. There are millions of systems and and medications and programs for avoidance of pain. Some say following Jesus is just another one of them on the shelf next to Advil. But we're trying to tune into our bodies and even to the pain that our bodies are speaking. One of of the languages of our body is pain. And receive the gift and the communication of our bodies. Undo the separation of our bodies, and by so doing, get at the separation of ourselves from God. Just breathing consciously uh, could address this separation. Just breathing with a new story could be an acceptance of God's promise that he is making things right in our very bodies. I like this. Contained in the pattern of our breathing is the whole story of our salvation. For a Christian in prayer, the very act of breathing can become a return to our birth, a receiving of original life from the breath of God as we breathe in with Adam in the garden of our beginnings an offering of all that needs letting go and redeeming as we breathe out with Christ on the cross, a glad acceptance of new life in the Holy Spirit as we breathe in again, receiving our life and commission afresh from the risen Lord. Let's try that real quick. Breathe in the life that you've been given like God is breathing into your nostrils in the garden in Genesis. And breathe out, that exhal- uh, breathe out that exhalation on the cross with Christ. And breathe in again the Holy Spirit. The gift of new life. Try it one more time. Breathe in the gift of life with Adam. Breathe out the death of with Jesus on the cross. Breathe in the new life with the Holy Spirit. Our bodies can be a way to even enhance and amplify our prayer. Making peace with our bodies and listening to our bodies could be a real practice that you need to to adopt. Pray about it. See if that's what you need to do this Lent. We often take up extra disciplines. Maybe there's a way that you can listen to your body. Again, we're just listening to what's going on. What does God need to make right? Here's another one. We use other bodies inappropriately. Bodies can become tools for our own personal gratification. This is especially true for women's bodies. Objectified for the male gaze commodified for buying and selling things. Sex sells, they say. And it's still true. And we're still buying. The porn industry made $12 billion last year. Our bodies are being used. Our bodies are being disposed. They're economic tools. God, make this right. Racism makes black and brown bodies more killable. And the numbers don't lie. A, recently study, a recent study published by the National Bureau of Economic Research found that while white and black officers use gun force at similar rates in white and racially mixed neighborhoods, white officers are five times as likely to use gun force in predominantly black neighborhoods. There is still crucifiable flesh in this world. There is still flesh that because of its quality is more ready by our actions, by our apparent lack of regard, more ready and more acceptable to be killed. We remember the death of Jesus on the cross as another killable body. He was proclaimed as innocent by the man who was in charge of his execution. Death without due process. We still know what this looks like. We've seen it right in our own community. God, make this right. The communion meal around which we're gathered is a protest against all these ways of being that keep us separated from ourselves, from one another, and from God. We remember the death of one man who offered us hope that one day there will no longer be crucifiable flesh. One day we won't use one another as if we were just means to an end. One day we won't even get sick. But each time we come to this table, each time we take this bread and this cup, we see death for what it is. We open our eyes to the death of Jesus on the cross and we say, that's death. And I'm tied up in there too. My confession, the death that I see is all in his body. We see ourselves the way we are approaching the table and we say, God, make this right. And somehow we trust that he's actually doing it. We trust that God is making things right when we take the cup. When we chew the bread, we say, we remember you, Jesus, until you come again. That history will arrive at its destination, at its destiny. We believe in that hope that God is making things right. And we act it out. There's so much power in just seeing things the way that they are and confessing it. And that's what Jesus is doing on the cross. This is a cross. Oliver wasn't sure. A Tau cross, an older cross maybe than the one with the, the, the lowercase t. Um, and Jesus, we see what Jesus is doing on the cross. He's showing us the way of violence and blood for what it is a dead way. He doesn't change the actions of anyone, he does not get out of it when Pilate gives him the opportunity to redeem himself. He doesn't change the actions of anyone, not even the actions of all of us here. He absorbs them into his very body. He takes death into himself, a violent death, an unjust death, a death that was not right, got turned on its head and with it, he makes all things right. Once and forever, Jesus mortifies death itself. His body fails predictably after torture. And he gives himself to God and God redeems him. God raises him from the dead. But because of his death, we are not condemned as failures. We do not have to bear the consequences of our sin and separation. Instead, we're invited into a way of confession and forgiveness that is undergirded by the power of God's everlasting love. Jesus absorbed all of our sin, all of it, all of your sin, all of my sin, all of it. Yes, before you were even born, Jesus freed you to live a new life. Breathe it in. And all that's left for us to do is to live and breathe it. We practice this way of confession and forgiveness. We work it into our bones through repetition and we grow into who we are really meant to be. People who aren't carrying death around inside us. People who are not subject to the power of shame. People who are freed from fear because perfect love has cast it out of us forever. And people like that people that don't have death carried around on the inside of them, they don't have that weight inside of them, they can do incredible things. They are capable of tackling all the not right things with God that God says no to. We become God's yes to the new reality, the new creation that is born in us and made manifest because we don't walk around like death is carrying us. But we know also that sin and death still do have this seductive power. We default to well-worn patterns of thought and behavior, and we do it all the time. It takes practice and time to well-wear another way. C.S. Lewis said it this way, relying on God has to begin all over again every day as if nothing had yet been done and so this repetition of communion every week during lent we're learning to start over over and over again we're learning to return remember that's what repent means to turn around we're returning to who we know we are in christ we're returning to our hope that god is making things right We're returning to our practices of confession and forgiveness, feeling toward the day when it feels natural and freeing to forgive and confess. Or for the time that it it again feels natural to forgive and to to confess. We are mortifying what is dead in us, and we're learning that that is the way to life every day again and again. We keep enacting the fact that we are not stuck. We are with Jesus and he's moving us in a new direction every day. Some of us have taken up fasts during Lent to help us in our intensity. Uh, there's something about doing it in the body that gives it power. It's like you can't forget this thing. You know, It's like tying a, a string around your finger so you know that you're doing something. That's what the fast is for. And if you have never participated in Lent or if you're interested in uh, trying something on, it's not too late. And I'll tell you that next week. And I'll tell you that the week after that. And I'll tell you that the week after that. It's never too late to start this. And we don't even really need a Lent to do it. It's just more fun that way. Honestly. Lent, Lent's a little fun. where we're having We're having a communal process about getting better. And we can do it so getting that actual something into your body is a good idea i'm not exactly sure why i can't defend this with like oh because of this that and the other thing but i can tell you that it works that it that it, it ups the intensity and people from lots of different traditions fast from eating food and have found that it it heightened spiritual awareness somehow so we we're not we're not forsaking that wisdom God is making things right. God is making things right in and through our bodies. Can you trust that? One way to trust is to do it. You've already done a lot by getting here. Look, some of you are here with babies, or your children are back there. Gosh, that's hard. Some of you just don't wanna get up in the morning, on a Sunday. We used to meet at night, remember that? You could sleep in on Sunday mornings. (laughs) <laughs> so you've done a lot to get here and and i don't want you to to discount just showing up even if you're not sure about all of this yet you're 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 doing something you're getting into the trust the, the cross is transformational logic you're, you're getting it into your body we don't have to like get to some other spiritual realm we just have to get to right here with each other like you you were not trying to get to, I don't know, just something, something else. I think that's, that, that might, you might be tempted to that, just something else. And you might name it, you might call it heaven even. Um, we are trying to live into the way of Jesus right here, right now. And he gave us this tool here, this meal at the table. God is making things right, right there. Jesus is present among us and that's all it takes for something to be right. You might still have another confession or may, maybe you have another confession before you go to this table because you're, you're trusting in this way. But when you're ready, maybe you do a confession, maybe you don't. Come to this table it's here in the middle of us, it's, middle, it's in the middle of this gathered body of bodies, gathered around this symbol of our Lord Jesus' body and blood. Come to the table and when you're ready to receive from Jesus, when you're ready to remember his death and say yes to his transformative power, when you're ready to proclaim that the separation of death is not between you and him, When you're ready to mortify your sin and begin again, come to the table. It doesn't matter how big you think you've messed up. You are forgiven. You can remove the death that you're carrying around inside of you and plant some living hope right there in the same place where the death was. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect dropdown at SirGolfHope.net.